Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Message. No. No, not Message of the Week. It's Saints Radio. This is the highlight of the week. This is Chit Chat of the Week. (laughs) C-C-O-T-W. How you doing? As opposed to M-O-T-W? Yeah. We could just have, yeah, we could just, is that an acronym? Is that what they call it? Well, M-O-T-W, Message of the Week. Yeah, but is it called an acronym? Le Message de la Semaine. Yeah. Sylvie's laughing right now at my accent, or my lack of one. They really need to watch some Inspector Clouseau movies so they know how I became such a proficient speaker of English French. You know, Is that what you call it, English French? Yes, it took me years to perfect that, as you well know. And, I'm uh, just wondering if it's not French-English, because <laughs> you're really know. speaking English. Uh, yeah. yeah, it would be French-English, you're right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just think you're speaking French. Well, you're it's, really speaking. Yeah, English. you know, it, it, and and if people don't understand me, I just talk louder. Oh well, that's good because that way the hard of hearing can hear you as well. Well, you know how that is. You know, when you go up to somebody and you say, you know, like there's a Korean guy that used to do my laundry, <laughs> and I would say something to him, and he'd say. I can't do a Korean accent, but he'd ask me what I said, so I'd talk louder, like his problem was hearing and not. People do that, you know? Yeah, do you? Do you know what the most, well, how do I say this? The most used languages in the world? No. Take a guess. English. Chinese. Well, that's because they got... So many people. They've got so many but people over there. But that's the answer to the question. Oh, they're all talking to one another. That was one of my trivia questions. Sorry. <laughs> and of course, really? yes, of course, I picked English, and it was Chinese by a long shot because of the squillions of, of Chinese people. But there's also just a lot of there's just a whole lot of people on the earth whose first language is Chinese. Yeah. So. Well. Just a measure of trivia there for you. Thank you. Yes. Do you know what the oldest uh, city is in Texas? The oldest city? Uh huh. Is it Dallas? No. Is it uh, uh, Nacogdoches? Yeah. Is good it? one. Yeah. Is Stephen good one. F. Austin. Yeah. 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 Well, it, the school well, wasn't think, there then. <laughs> you would you would think that if they were going to start the first city in Texas, they'd choose a better name than Nacogdoches. Which is probably an Indian. No, it was an Indian because there was an Indian tribe that went there and settled there, and that's where they got Nacogdoches. It was, it's short for Nacogdoches. Too bad it's not tres leches or something like that. So, do you know what the, the, the country in the world that has the, the most coastline? Oh. Is it Brazil? No. Is it us? No. Norway. Norway? Yeah. Wow. I know. Aren't these surprising? But what is the state in the U.S. that has the most coastline? Florida. Florida. See, I picked California, and it's Florida. Well, you're kind of partial there. but No, no, it's just I think I've seen more of the California coastline just because I've driven a lot through California. Yeah. just seems to go not quite like the desert. The Mojave deserts to me seems to go on for eternity. But anyway, so that's that has nothing to do with the Saints Network broadcast. Well, but I think people are enjoying it now that they can hear us. I want you to know we did a test a little earlier just to make sure we were broadcasting. So if any of you are having issues right now, if you're having issues, you're not hearing us anyway. But it ain't us this time. Or... Uh, I do not understand this ain't. It is not us. I'm sorry. It is not us. So. um, It's warm in here. Is it warm in there? Yeah. We've got this uh, radiator heater up here because it's it's quiet. It doesn't make any noise. But I'm sweating. And somebody. (laughs) Yeah, that's the anointment. Um, I I found that somebody brought it up here for a rummage sale or a garage sale, and I appropriated it for my office. And then when the twins were born, I thought, I can't really have this thing in here because their little hands will go over there and burn. So at the same time, we were looking for a heater for up here. And so we brought it up here, and it's 
it's it's been a match ever since. I would tell you the story about um, once uh, I was in, I guess I was like in my freshman year in high school, and we had a we had a kind of a youth retreat, and it was a spiritual youth retreat. So they they were actually ministering things in the spirit. And back then, it was a big deal to be slain in the spirit. That's kind of funny name, isn't it? Slain in the spirit. And that still goes on in the general church. But there was this kid that was, um, he was kind of, he's a nice kid, but he was crippled. He, he couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair, and he also had some challenges with his arms. And they prayed for him, and he fell out of his chair. And he was slain in the spirit. But his arm was over on this radiator. It was in winter, and that thing was hot. I mean, that was hot. Well, we didn't notice this because there was a lot of shenanigans. Not shenanigans, a lot of stuff going on, a whole lot of slaying going on. And finally, his brother went over and saw his hand and grabbed it away and looked, and there wasn't any sign of anything on his skin or anything. And that... That, that was a miracle. That was a miracle because he would have been, he would have been a, a choice uh, burnt offering. So uh, that's strange, isn't it? I don't know if that's it's so much a willing burnt offering. <laughs> no, it was, it was a living sacrifice for sure. I don't think you were in here on Sunday morning when I went up to transition and I said something about the cold and because our heaters weren't working in the sanctuary uh-huh. on Sunday morning and. For me, it's I'm so used to being here during the week when it's cold in the sanctuary, and you just buck it up and and press into the fire of the Lord. And I, I mean, there's sometimes when it's unbearable, but it, but for the most part, but but too, as much as we've traveled in, particularly in France and in Belgium and in Switzerland, and and really been in settings where it's cold, yeah, because the insulation is not quite the same and, and and it's just cold and you just get used to it and I don't like to be cold but at the same time so when I went up there I said something about the the heat and I said you know two things about it I almost came up here and said that we should have started this worship time offering a sacrifice of praise because if we were truly all on the altar none of us would be cold <laughs> and then I said um and secondly, I don't mind the cold because to me it just means that we're that much farther away from hell. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because <laughs> you know they say hell is like fire. Yeah. Because the Bible says that, and yeah, so whoever they are, I always thought, yeah, if 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 we keep the sanctuary really cold, the demons are not going to like it, so they're yeah. going to flee. That's right. If you keep it cold <laughs> like the Leviathan, the reptilian, you know, he's not going to want to be no. there. No. He's going to be up on a hot rock somewhere. No. Now, summer, we have to keep the air on because it's, we got to drive them out. But um, well, that's we it. survived. We, we survived the cold, cold temperatures of Sunday morning, January the 10th, 11th, whatever uh, today was. It was the uh, 12th. Yeah. Now, I remember when we were doing First Saturday in Belgium, and it, was, it wasn't it was warmed up in the building yet, but we went ahead and started praying, and the floor is not carpeted, and so we laid, all of us laid down on that cold floor in that cold room, and I thought, dear Jesus, and I, you know, we're praying because we got a pattern and things, and the 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 my breath was leaving this puddle of of moisture on the on the floor in front of me and i kept thinking is that going to freeze <laughs> you know it wasn't that cold in there yeah, well it was cold <laughs> i know it but was cold. it has to be 30 we had snow here on saturday actually we had we had snow we did yeah during our prayer time yeah, that was we a had some snow. That was a sign from the Lord. It was really pretty for about five minutes, and then, of course, the ground was so warm because it was seventy degrees the day before. Yeah, and that's it, a nice thing about being down here because usually when it snows, it's the day after that, and the ground is warm. We knew that from from Pennsylvania. The problem there was that when the first snows came, 
um, you know, it, the the ground would get wet because the snow would melt, and then usually when the first snows came, it would it would get really cold quick, and all of that would freeze. But you know, well, we've we've just taken off here. See see what you guys have been missing with chit chat. Um, it's great to be able to uh, spend this time together each week, and we certainly want you to know how much we appreciate all of you in this rather unique season uh, that God's doing so many powerful things. Um, uh, we do have to tell you just something else as well. We're having a little bit of an issue with the transition of this broadcast to archives and uh, with the transition of Message of the Week yesterday. So those will be up there soon, but we just can't do it right now. So if uh, if anybody you know is wanting to listen to this and they can't hear it live, it may be till tomorrow before it goes up. So just know that. Um, you know, we had a uh, really unique day on Sunday. Um I, I'm very grateful for the way the Spirit moved. And, um, you know, something has been happening over this past short season um, where the, the space between this earth and this earthly environment in the spirit realm oh, – now, granted, we're always surrounded by the spirit realm. I'm not suggesting this just started. I mean, there's so many, so many times the angelic is just right by us, but we're not able to see it in the natural because God hasn't opened our eyes. And um, so I'm not saying that, you know, that's anything new. It is. It's the way, it is what it is. And I also discovered a long time ago that telling people about that might sound neat at the first, but it doesn't really do you much good, <laughs> you know. If you tell somebody there are angels standing around them, so what? They're always around. And then people get their attention off what God's doing, and they want to do angelic activations and things of that nature, which absolutely irritates the, the angels, I can tell you that. But, um, you know, the the thing, though, is, is that with that window um, being as it is of the spirit realm surrounding us, it's like the membrane of that has become permeable. And <clears throat> so often now you just are walking in the spirit realm. I mean, you, you just go out of where you are in the natural. And it doesn't have to be during diverse divi time, diverse prayer time. You want to open that door? No, no, no. I'm good. Um, it's just, it's just a, a, no, no, no. a strange, it's a strange thing. And I, I'm not complaining about it. I think it's a sign from God that heaven is really coming to earth. And um, Sunday at the end of the service, there were, there were certain times during that message about wisdom that I knew that significant portions of what I was saying was not me saying it. And um, so that's always kind of neat. But right at the end, I was gone. I, there was one moment where I looked down and I looked back up and I didn't know where I was. And um, then I, I just, as you know, any of you who saw it, I, it just kind of went. And so I think that is a sign of something. And I think it has to do with <coughs> the kingdom coming and his will being done. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, I know you said you've had similar things to that happening with you recently, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had moments, and I can't necessarily say that it's even when I'm in the sanctuary, but just just moments where I, it's like I don't even feel like I'm here, like I belong, like I'm in another world, like... Everything is just almost foreign to me here, and 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 the uh, you, you don't want to say the other side, but 
the spirit realm is so much more real to me. And, um, and I'm really trying to learn how to acclimate and what to do in those moments because, um, uh, quite honestly, I, I don't know. Other than, of course, to pray and, and to, to ask the Lord to, to open my eyes and to be able to glean what it is because there has to be a reason i mean you think about the number of times in scripture where the patriarchs would go to a you know would go i mean just think about john on the isle of patmos who went where he went and and gained that whole vision of 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 revelation that's pretty profound yeah but that happened to a man in flesh like you that um, that I don't know how long how long do you suppose he was in that vision I mean that that's an incredible thing to think about I mean to me that I would think he would have to have been there for a month <laughs> but no. well he certainly had the time out there on Patmos yeah I mean was it just a sequence of you know maybe it happened one day and then it, he was taken back and I don't know. We don't know. Well, you know, it, it, it's timeless there. So there have been times where, you know, during prayer, you're caught up into the heavens and all kinds of stuff happens and you come back and it's just been a few minutes. So the spectrum of time is non-existent there. And um, um, that's why it's kind of weird to me when you have you know, silence in heaven for 30 minutes. How do they gauge that? They don't have clocks up there. They don't have big Abe, you know, the big clock, you know. But so what is the, what does the scripture say? Well, it just says that there's silence in heaven for 30 minutes in Revelation. And what is that word minute? What is that word minute in Greek? Well, it's, I think it's horus. So it it is a segment of time. And I think John was just kind of, I think he was just kind of, because th- they didn't have clocks. They measured by sundial. So he, I don't know. I shouldn't have brought that up. No, but you think about his capacity as a man to be able to process, to be able to, to that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm asking the Lord to help me understand what to do because I, wanna, I, I want to see, I want to be able to, um, to testify, at least within myself, of what, what's what we're experiencing and and so his capacity to be able to to process and then to script that whole entire book um i don't know how that i don't know perhaps it could have happened in a couple of a couple of minutes well you know it could have been all morning i i don't know yeah even ezekiel when he was taken up into the valley of dry bones well john being caught up paul being caught up in the third heaven but I think this is kind of, this phenomenon right now. We've had episodes like what's being described. I'm not saying God's given us the scripture, but this is kind of. I think it's kind of like a heaven come to earth thing. I think it's it's a sign of something. I think it's a sign of Enoch coming with tens of thousands of the saints who walked with Elohim and. You know, he would go in and out, and then he finally didn't come back. I think it's I think it's a sign of um, God coming to inhabit His temple, and um, to me, because I mean, it's very similar to other things we've experienced, but it's kind of unpredictable now. It happens at different times of the day. It's not during a it's not during a pneumaticos or di- diversities of tongues hoedown, you know? No, it's like you, I could be existing, dwelling at home or driving in my car, and all of a sudden it's like I cross over, and my body's still here, and I'm still functioning in the natural, but my spirit has has crossed over into another realm, and, and, and where I am is it's almost like I don't belong, you know, it's, it's, it's I belong more there than I do here. And does that make sense? Yeah. Well, there have been times where, you know, I almost, I feel, and I, this is why I think it's, it's just not, this is not a simple diagnosis. It's usually with me accompanied with breathing challenges. And that always, to me, has meant the Father. 
And so, um, and don't any of you worry. Uh, I had my annual physical today, and they did all these breath tests as a routine thing. And I'm just, I'm, I'm full of hot air as much as I ever was. So don't anybody worry about it. That always happens. You talk about a spiritual thing. It reminds me of that cartoon I mentioned where these people are standing by a tombstone, and <laughs> it says, see, I told you it wasn't spiritual. <laughs> Well, I thought it was funny. Anyway, um it was so funny. Sorry. So we did the, we did this activation. It wasn't really an activation. It was a, a command that the Father gave, an invitation during our Sunday night prayer time. And at that time, we were asked to come and pray, knowing that we were going to be ministering up in um, the throne area or where the altar of fire is, or where the temple of the tabernacle is. And, and I told everybody, we, you know, this is, an act, this is not a fivefold. This is not any of these other things that we've done as instructive as they've been. This is just us as individuals going to pray. So some of you probably joined us. So I, you never know what's going to happen. You know, if you don't have a ringleader going around banging a drum or praying real loud, or it, 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 it's, it takes longer for individual saints to motivate themselves to start participating in that. I mean, if you get everybody juiced up and you spill them out into the room, that's, e- that's an easier moment. But so I came up and I sat in the balcony in the dark. And I sat there, and I really didn't know what to expect. And I started praying, and, you know, I'm, I'm asking the Father to, to bless the people that are here, and I'm asking them all to find their place in Him. And, and suddenly, I recognize that I'm, I'm looking at the temple from the place where I know we're seated as a saint's movement, and I'm glancing off into the distance to where the altar is. And, you know, I'm just there. And I, I, I'm wondering, what in the world is this about, Father? I feel like it was an acclamation, an acclamation, not an activation. And then it dawned on me two things. <coughs> One was the place where we were is right by the right by the the court of the Gentiles and the profane place. And that's significant because then that spills over into the nations. And I knew that what we were doing at that point was acclimating our people and the network people. Uh, We weren't the only ones doing it. God does this in a number of different ways. Into the expansion of that place for what's coming. Because the enemy's going to, one of the main ways the enemy's going to be pushed back is that profane place is going to be turned to righteousness, and it is. You can see, you can see much further into what God intended as it approaches the nations. And so I began to pray for that, and that others around the world who are called to be saints would find their place there. And I, I just began to declare prophetically uh, that that place for the Gentile church would be populated and that it would press into the nations. And I thought, okay, this is what this means. This is really great. And I started asking Father for our people here that they would find their place and that they wouldn't be adrift and that they wouldn't get dumbed down, which so often the enemy does that. Oh, I didn't feel anything or, you know. And that's normal. I'm not saying it's just our people. That's what the enemy tries to do. And then there's no belief, and then they shut off, and then they miss it. But then right when I was about to stop, I felt so strongly in the spirit there's something else and something much more important. And I recognized that when we were praying about tabernacles, which is what that court of the Gentiles is, and what it will mean for the, for the nations, that God was saying, I'm going to inhabit this temple in a way beyond what I've inhabited. I am coming, 
And this is, this is where I'm going to dwell. The Father is going to dwell. And even though we knew here that this is the Father's house, the Father's church, even though we've made a commitment to pray as sons, even though we know we're about the Father's business, even though we know we're praying in diversities of tongues to him, even though we've gone to the right hand of the Father, even though we've gone into that secret place, even though we've been caught up there, um, and it's all of those are privileges. There have been times when the Father has had his presence here. <coughs> but I know that what's coming, not just for us, but for the places where you've dwelled and you've prepared the, a way for him, that when as these tabernacles are being established, there has to be temple environment. That's just the way God set it up with Solomon. And that's what he told David. And that's one of the reasons why God has been talking about the temple in a number of different ways over the past several weeks. It's been more from the perspective of grace and wisdom, but it's all, it's all about that. And, and I, I know that that's coming for us and for you. So these signs, these signs are indicative of something God's doing, and it's a major thing for the world and for our mission. And um, I, I and I think that's how Enoch can come because he specialized so much in walking with Elohim, and then he was no more. Um, that. I, I I have an idea that that's why he's coming with tens of thousands of his saints. That's a rambler. What say ye? That's powerful. I totally bear witness with that. There There is such a presence here that is so profound. And I mean... It, I don't. I hesitate even saying that because there always has yeah. been. Yeah. But there's such a distinction of the spirit of God that is is very compelling, and it's it's um, it's almost as though I know I can't go a day without being in the temple. I mean that's. I feel like, I, for me personally, I've crossed over into that place, and maybe this just for a season where I know I, I've got to be here every day. And um, it's not about works. It's it's not about any of that thing. It's just being in the house of God, being yeah. in his presence. His train. Bible says his train filled the temple. Yeah, you referenced that on Sunday. Yeah, his train fills the temple, and in that moment, we are commissioned. We you know, we step into partnership. He said, who will go for me? And Isaiah said, I will go. And the whole cleansing, you know, the whole coal, all of that, all of that is very much alive. And 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 it's not something that just happens and then it's over forever. It's something that is, it's a, it's like a perpetual thing that there's, there's, there's just always a greater depth to step into. And, um, so I, I don't know, for me personally, just crossing over into this year, I have felt so many things just about this time right here that is so prominent for us in, 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 in preparation and um, I don't want to say development, but that's part of God in, in um, resting in him and being empowered and equipped and and feasting in him and all of those things are available for us right now and i think while i know it will it will it'll it'll be this way like you said i mean this is becoming a lifestyle for us even though we've been living this lifestyle but this dimension of it but but what he's pouring out for us today and right now is going to sustain us for what we have to accomplish through this year, and um, I don't want to miss one one bit of that of the mm. nutrients and of the 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 empowerment and of just 
I, I don't. I, I have a hard time finding words at this moment, but because I know that that this year is going to be very demanding, and in a good way, but very demanding, and um, because we truly are going to bring that. We we truly are going to be walking in wisdom in the application through His grace of um, the application of His wisdom, and 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 really seeing the light penetrate the darkness. Mm-hmm. And and that that is not just some, ooh, in the spirit realm. That is real on earth. We are going to be seeing that. We are going to be vessels of that light. We are going to be sent forth to, to um, be that expression for him. And so I just feel like right now he's just, I, I'm just filling up as much as I can. Um, yeah. That's to good. be sustained for for what lies ahead, and His grace is sufficient. So it's not it's not like you know His grace is for every moment. It's not like we save it up. So I know His grace will propel us. But walking in wisdom is He's going to teach us how to walk in wisdom, and um, so there's something just very significant just about what you were describing about the temple. And uh, it's something we don't ever want to forsake, our place. Yeah. I mean, what does the Bible say? Send help from your sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah. And um, I, uh, I just know that, as is so often the case, you you spend time with God and then he clarifies things. And even though we know in part and we prophesy in part, then we will know face to face. And as this progressive timing of the Father happens, we'll understand more and more, but it's only through it's only through being um, in him. Yeah, and, and, you know, we can talk about being in the temple. And here we are in this beautiful sanctuary, and I'm very thankful for that. But for, for those of you that are listening, that perhaps you worship in your home, you pray in your home, that same visitation is there for you. It's not just it's not just here. It's, it's God's presence amongst his people. And, and so... Yes, come to the seminar and come and dwell in in this presence. But where you are today, just know that this same principle applies to you. He he is his heart is to meet with you in such profound ways in these days. And don't so don't think that you're out there alone, left out. He knows he's there. You just yeah establish an altar where you are and 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 worship him there and. I remember a couple months ago, I did a study on wisdom, and and it, it was really enlightening for me personally. I mean, it was, I did a lot of study from the book that the original book that you wrote, Pastor, on wisdom and revelation, and and those books are, they're life. I mean, they're so life giving for me because it doesn't matter how many times I read them, in a different season I glean something just because of His grace. And but but I remember one of the things that the Lord was really highlighting to me was just the whole you know Saul David had it in his heart to build the temple and David was a tabernacle guy and and during that season when Israel had just fallen they had lost the ark and the ark had ended up in Gibeon right in the high place and and all of those guys were going to Gibeon and going through the motions of making sacrifices. It said Solomon went and made a thousand sacrifices when he was anointed king or when and 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 so they were going to Gibeon to make these sacrifices when the ark wasn't even there. So the presence of God wasn't even there anymore. Yeah. They were going through the motions. And and so David, of course, brought the ark into Jerusalem and established what he established. But then the Lord said, no, you're not going to build the temple. It's going to be Solomon. And then Solomon's assignment really in wisdom and understanding 
was to build this temple to bring the presence of God, to bring those elements back together in one place and to bring the presence of God back into the temple. And I think for us as a people, that is a big part of our calling because so much of the general church, they're going through the motions and they don't really, I I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to even say this, but there's so many people that don't know God. So many Christians that don't know God because God has left the church and, and, and yet they're good people and they're going through the motions yet. And so I feel like as God sends us out, a big part of, of, of what we're called to do is bring the revelation to the church that welcomes the intimacy of God back into the church. So that the church is not just doing the works, doing, you know, going through the motions. And I know that that probably sounds so bizarre, but it's, it's a travesty. Yeah. I mean, it really is. How many churches have we, have we been in throughout the world that just feel so empty and so void of the presence of God? Yet they're, they have beautiful ceremonies and they have beautiful robes. And, and I know they're sincere in going through the motions of worship and however they do it even communion and yet they don't they don't really know him and that i don't know that grieves me so yeah Yeah, it's there there are god allows people to know him in whatever way they're willing to settle for and there, there are a lot of people who just stay in that baby state. And for them, they're like kids in the nursery. As long as they're getting uh, animal crackers and as long as they're getting their bottle and then when they need a diaper change, you know, it, it's it, it, this is the best. Oh, man, I'm happy here. And, um, and I know you don't want to leave that, you know. You, you, you know, um but God will allow people to stay there, <clears throat> and they all think that this—that's just the be-all, end-all. Um, but there's there there is never there's never a limit with with the Father, and I I agree with you. I I think that um, I th- I think that David really demonstrated that kind of an evangelistic kind of a fervor and it's the forerunner for the for the apostolic and he loved going out and experiencing he loved pressing the envelope but you know he had a lot of downtime too when the time when kings went forth to war david was in jerusalem that killed him and that's why that's why you have to have you have to have all the dimensions of of the fivefold. Um, Solomon was supposed to be the one God gave the ability. Think of the things God gave him. God gave that first thing, that ability to commune. Isn't that intercession? Mm-hmm. And then God gave him that supplication, that big negotiation about Tapila and Tahuna, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you know, I'm just whipping these names out. I, I shouldn't do that. Um, but that was the whole discussion about grace. And then God was going to give him this directive as to where to go, how to, how to expand out. And you're really describing what a pastoral function in diversities of tongues, timing, and the development of the people are. And that's what God wants. Mm -hmm. And that's what Solomon was supposed to have. Now, how he went off, and he had this heart. God gave him an expanded heart so that he could process all this. That's what you have to have in a temple. David would not have been able to do that. I know the bloody man stuff and all that. But David was originally called to serve that office. That's, That's who God put him in, you know. He, he didn't bring Saul up so Saul could fail. He brought Saul to hopefully do that. And Saul plainly said, I'm not offering supplication. 
And Samuel was beside himself because he had the teacher seer and he had the prophetic. And, you know, he just, and that's what makes the way then for the, you know, the apostolic and the evangelist. So that David rolls into that as the evangelist, but the main guy wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And the kingdom was rent from him. So um, I guess what I'm saying is the things we've been trained to do in the fivefold and the seven spirits are, are all backdrop understandings, deep backdrop understandings for what God really wants to do out of his temples. And the objective is for the tabernacles to go. Solomon messed up. He, he Success destroys. If it, No, I take back. Success does not have to destroy, but success of any movement is the greatest challenge they'll face. Solomon became known for his his wisdom. Solomon became known for the craftiness and the presence of God. People were all going off on that. Solomon, instead of conquering, he started making alliances, which sounds like that came from dumb advice. And he listened to his advisors, and so he did these political marriages, and pretty soon he got a taste for things that really fed his carnal nature, and that was it. That was all she wrote. And um, so, you know, it's just funny then when they <coughs> they went downhill, and um, but here we are with all these lessons, all these types that we can see. And we're talking things like we talked earlier and, you know, some person who tuned in here and doesn't know who we are probably thought we were three sheets to the wind and around the bend. But really what we're describing is all of these things because God didn't come up with a new deck of cards when Jesus came. He's, it's continuity. And so, like you said, you know what, so many times the people think, you know, well, if I'm not here, then... I can't feel God's presence. What did we describe? You're in your house. I'm in Kelly's bedroom, sleeping. You know, and I get up and there's there's this wonderful presence. God wants to meet with you wherever you are because you are an ambassador of the anointed son. You're ambassadors for Christ's sake. You know, you are you are that. And wherever the ambassador is, that's you know, recently our government has said that there was an attack upon our embassy, and that's an attack on American soil, and literally that could be an act of war. Jimmy Carter didn't see it, see it that way. Reagan came into office and said, look, I'm not putting up with this stuff. The day he was in office, back came the hostages. But, you know, technically the, the ambassadorship is the territory of that country, and so wherever you are, God's presence is there. You have, a, you have a little space of grace. You have an assignment, and God's there with you. So don't let the enemy play tricks on you. But I know that the Father is... I, 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 I ask God, and I'm confessing here, bless me, prophet for i don't want to miss the mark there are a lot of things that i know all of us when you have an encounter there's a registry from your spirit and from other sources that you know what things are and i i've even i've gone before the father in this past few weeks and i'm i confess this it's not that i'm making stuff up or being evangelistic in my expressions. But there are some things that I say that I know that are true, but I've got to hedge them because I don't want I don't want to say anything in regard to this that's beyond the bound, even though it may be true. You know? Um, and so... You know, the other day when I was talking about sensing the Father walking through this place, that was so overwhelming to me. But then, 
the next day I was on my face before the Lord apologizing for saying that. Not that it wasn't true, not that I embellished it, but even with that, I, I and you know you have to be this way. If you're speaking for the Father, you you don't you don't take His name in vain. You don't go ahead of Him. And and I I apologized, even though I know it was true, and I know it's a continuation now of what God's doing. But I didn't ask God if I could say that, even though I know it was true. And God is so gracious. It's not a good word. God is so loving, and he's so kind-hearted, and he, he cleansed me. Even though I really didn't do anything wrong, I don't think. But I, you want to make sure, not only on his behalf, but on behalf of the people. You know, there is some legitimacy to the veil on Moses' face. If the people aren't to the place where God needs them to be, you don't need to be you don't need to be going beyond what he says to say even though it's true anyway well we really we started off with i don't know what all we were talking about snow and all kinds of other things so it's a good day and and all of us this these are signs of what's coming but you look you look ahead it's a year of wisdom. We're going into nations. There are incredible doors that are opening. You see them in dreams. and um, So all of this makes sense. If you're sending out tabernacles and you are empowering people to represent the kingdom where they are as indigenous people, you'd have to have this happening. You'd have to have it happen. Well, I think I, I think even from the beginning, Pastor, when 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 all this began, the Lord used certain encounters and certain visitations, and to acclimate us because we weren't we weren't really acclimated to function in the spirit realm. Yeah. And and I know how many seasons where we've gone into new territory in the spirit realm, where I just felt like just so uh, I don't even know the word to use where I knew that we had broken through into new territory and the enemy was there but the Lord was there but I had to learn how to acclimate myself there and function there that's intercession that is and so of course it's that way with the father I mean um, I mean what happened when his presence came and the priest couldn't stand yeah I want that, and I want to testify. You know, I, I I want that. I want, I want that measure of His presence. But at the same time, um, He's also teaching us how to function in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And I and I say, you know, I can testify testify about Sunday night. I don't have the same. Um, no, I'm interested. Well, it, my story is way different from yours because. It was a very congested afternoon and evening for me. And I had so set aside that prayer time because of what you had said the Lord had set aside for us. And so I was so looking forward to that. And for whatever reason, the Lord allowed just multiple interruptions to come and, and, and even coming into the prayer time. Things that are heart, that, that, that stir my heart, that touch my heart. I mean, not just like the copier's not working. That wasn't my issue but but heart-rending things that 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 i that i was faced with like three back to back right when i walked in and so i had to to reel it in and and focus on what the assignment was because i wanted what god had for us i you know i wanted to honor him but you know you had said he wants to meet with us, and I was not going to miss that moment. And so I say all that to say that he's also teaching us how to to function on so many different levels and dimensions all at the same time so that we can reap and sow at the same time. Yeah. And that's probably a bad way to put it. But, uh, you know, I walked away thinking, Lord, that was not what I was expecting. But at the same time... 
there was such sweet fellowship. I I wouldn't trade it for the world because he met me right where I was. Yeah. And and it took some discipline for me to try to shut out those things, but my I had the propensity to begin to pray for these these matters that had come before me right before I walked in. And so um yeah. And and it's it's that way. It's like functioning during a seminar for us. You know, our our perspective of a seminar is different from say somebody that's coming in um to 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 receive. You know, that is their intent is to meet with the Lord and to receive. And and our perspective is different because we view it more of yes, um, we'll we'll receive, but our perspective is more we're serving, we're ministering, we're we're here to pour out, we're here to to serve and to 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 minister. And so, every single seminar coming into it, I have conversation with God, and I say, I I want everything. I want you to use me in every measure that you intend. Lord, don't let me miss anything. Use me, use me, use me. But at the same time, I also want to receive. Yeah. And he's so faithful to allow us to, it's like being multi. Multitasking. Tasking in the spirit. Yes. Yeah, see, that's yeah. a good thing to do. It is a good thing, but it's just a different, it's a new level of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you minister when you can't stand in the presence? Who can't stand <laughs> But really, I mean, that's leadership 101. I mean, how? But anyway, we totally digress here. It's well, all good. It's good stuff. <clears throat> These are good things. It is. It is good. And, and I have to be honest about it um, as opposed to those other times. <laughs> it's about time. You know, I knew that this was for individuals on Sunday night and it was going to be a very subjective thing between each person and God and that's different and so I'm up there and it was I'll be honest and I'm grateful for what God did but it was not what I was expecting in fact you know you're you're sitting there and then you you recognize you're standing and you're not warring. You're not overwhelmed in diversities of tongues intercession. And you're there. You're, your reflection is in heaven. And you're thinking about why am I here? And what is this? And, which is exactly what John experienced. How many times was he asked questions in that apocalypsis in the book of Revelation? And, and he'd say, I don't know. You know, he, he would talk. So I think um, I, I think it's good. So anyway, we're, we're almost out of time. Let's talk about the seminar. First of all, I want to thank you and Nancy for putting together and Sylvie over and across the sea uh, the first Saturday word. That's, that's up there in, uh, in Webland, right? Yes, it's posted on the website. Um, but the seminar is just a little over two months away, and it's amazing how many international people are being stirred to be here this time. Um, it's probably uh, over ten, easily o- over ten. I know. I I was communicating with Alan and Colette in Belgium, and I said to them, "It's time for you to come back for the seminar." And some something something in my spirit, I, I, they're not coming this time. Yeah. But but said to me that they will be here again soon. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell them that. <laughs> oh man, the last time Alan and Colette were here, this is a good story. At the end, they were staying over at the house that Sandra grew up in. And it's across the street, and there's this little kind of a, it's not a lake, it's more of a, a pond. But it's nice, it's significant. So Alan and Colette were over there, and I don't know, was Robert Fulton staying over there too? Is this the swan story? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So 
we were doing lots of different activations. We had an activation with the kids where we burnt a meal offering out in the back parking lot. And we went over to that pond and we were with the kids. And there were these these Canadian geese that were migrating down here. And they were big. And geese can be mean. They scared me to death. They are mean. They grabbed the bottom of my jeans and would not one of them would not let go. And I'm trying to run in front of it and it's got the bottom of my bell bottom jeans and I, it scared me. Oh, that's a prophetic <laughs> word. They were from Canada, and they grabbed onto the hem of your garment. They did. I mean, that bird would not let go. Well, Alan tells a story so f- funny about Robert, and one of those geese got after Robert, and it was snipping at his behind, and Robert was high-stepping it out of there. And, oh, my goodness, how funny is that? That is just too funny. But that was the last time Alan and Colette were here. Many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah, we miss them being here in Dallas. They need to they need to come revisit us if you're listening. I, this is a personal <laughs> invitation. <laughs> but we do. I was talking to Ruby right before I came up here about about the inn here in, at the church and I think the inn might be full. <laughs> We've got a bunch of people and um so we're trying to we're prayerfully considering the schedule and how to fit in different prayer ventures for the nations that these people represent and different points of ministry like water baptism and a, a lot of other different kinds of things and so this is going to be uh, it's going to be a seminar God's going to deliver the word and we're going to pray together which is essential and um, but there are going to be a lot of facets that are new and are necessary, and it's going to be a, it's going to be an expansion of what we've normally experienced. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. And you know what I'm trying to figure out right now. I'm I'm just plunging headlong in this expanded study about wisdom and revelation, and. Um, I'm trying to determine whether I need to teach on any of that leading up to the time or just save it for the seminar. And I'm praying about that. Um, But I'm just doing right now, yesterday for hours, I did this deep dive breaking down Apocalypsis and the various ways that Paul and John and Peter used it. And it's a phenomenal it, it's a revelatory thing for us because do you know that a number of the ways that it's used speak about Jesus coming again? And th- part of our assignment in wisdom in partnering with this thing that God's opened that's, that's our assignment as saints in this end time, part of that culminates with the Lord coming. Yes. And so... That's part of the spirit of wisdom. I think that's why the Lord put on my heart the other day about the wise virgins, because they were waiting. They were, they were waiting. Yeah. On the the return of the Lord to come, the bridegroom to come. And Amen. Yeah, and they were partnering in the mysterion. It wasn't the apocalypsis, but. Well, but that's the, that's necessary. It, it is because and that's, that's what, what we're un- doing. That's what unfolds the apocalypsis. Yes. In fact, Paul mentioned twice, here I am talking about it, that, and some people get confused about this, much to their chagrin, but um, we've been given that assignment out of the Apocalypsis, and Paul said, this mysterion has been given me according to the Apocalypsis. It's not that the Apocalypsis is the thing that is unfolding the mysterion, It's that that progressive development of communing with God from our spirit is what's unfolding what our assignment is. It's so good. And so um, we'll see. But God's speaking a whole lot of stuff right now, and I'm so grateful for that. that. We need that expanded heart to be able to process all of it. And to know where it goes. Dare I say nuts and bolts it. But anyway, uh, we're out of time. It is 1230. 
Thanks, everybody, for joining. And again, if, you, if you're going to talk to anybody or if you want to listen to this again for whatever reason, no, it ain't going to be up today. So save your texts. Um, it, it'll be up sometime within the next two days. We'll see you tomorrow night on Wednesday Night Live. You may hear some of this again because our congregation here doesn't usually listen to this broadcast. You know, plumbers, kids. But um, <laughs> um, too much chit-chat after all, you know. So God bless you all. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we're praying for you. And we really, truly appreciate being able to partner with all of you. God bless you. Goodbye. Goodbye.